Hi, I'm Elise Lunan, co-host with Gwyneth of the Goop Podcast. Today's guest is our close friend, Kelly Levesque. Kelly is the third guest in our special series called Women on Top, which is all made possible by our friends at Banana Republic. The most interesting businesses are born out of curiosity. This is the space that Gwyneth was in when she started Goop. It's also the space from which Banana Republic was founded back in 1978 by two California creatives with adventurous spirits. Last fall, we partnered with a team at Banana Republic to celebrate curiosity by talking with women who are redefining what it means to be powerful and brave. And we're very excited to be back for a second series. I hope you love listening to these conversations as much as I love having them. And I know you'll be deeply inspired by these women. So please keep listening and keep shopping with our friends at Banana Republic. To see our favorites from their spring collection, head to bananarepublic.com slash goop. Don't hold anything too tightly. Just wish for it, want it, let it come from the intention of real truth for you, and then let it go. For me, our soul is like it's unbound, it's limitless, but we will use words to limit ourselves. When people stop believing that somebody's got your back or Superman's coming, we turn to ourselves, and that's where you become empowered. Courageous participation attracts positive things. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast, bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Today is no exception. I'll let Elise fill you in on her extraordinary guest. All right, over to Elise. Kelly Levesque is a holistic nutritionist and health coach based in Los Angeles. She sees a number of celebrity clients and she's the author of two beloved best-selling books. Her newest is Body Love Every Day. Today, we're talking about developing healthy lifestyle habits that we're able to keep up long-term. Kelly explains how we can avoid the pendulum swing that occurs when we go from one health extreme to another. She lets us in on how to make her Fab Four smoothie, ways to focus on the positive on our plate, and how to move away guilt and shame surrounding our food choices. Kelly and I also talk about emotional crutches that may hold us back and how our physical bodies might change to meet us emotionally. Kelly believes in releasing the things we don't actually need to make us happy and guides us toward the steps we can take to do it. They're checking those little boxes for themselves. And if that's a way that they feel proud of what they're putting on their plate, by all means, I'm all for it. I just need them to celebrate that even if a glass of wine happened at dinner. Let's cut to our chat with Kelly Levesque. Thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. I um, was thinking about you as I was slamming my lunch, and then I stopped myself before I made myself sick. <laughs> a La Scala salad. What can I say? I love the La Scala salad. It's so good. I'm, I'm so sad they moved from Brentwood, because I used to be able to walk across the street. I think they're somehow, they're still in Brentwood, but it's just takeout. It's on Wilshire, and it's like bar, a little farther. So wait, so normal. it is, it's Kelly Levesque approved? Yeah, I mean, so I think what people are surprised, <laughs> my clients are so surprised that I am less rigid, I think, than they would expect. Like, yeah. I want my clients to be able to go out to restaurants and celebrate life and live a normal 
a normal existence. You know, I think there's a lot of fear mongering out there about like the quality proteins and the oils. And I'm going to educate my clients on those things Mm -hmm. and ask them to, to do better when they know better at home and to try to make the majority of their meals there. But also this was, yes. And like, you are here to celebrate it. And, you know, if you really want to, maybe you just take 20 minutes before you go on vacation and look for healthy restaurants in those locations or start to build your vacations around wellness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be something that is a full departure from the way you want to live, but it, you also need to be able to weave those nights out into your life and not feel bad about it. Yeah. No, I feel like, so we're women, right? So, so many of us are perfectionists and spend our lives in battle with our bodies with this idea too. I think that somehow we're supposed to be in control of our bodies or that our bodies will do what we will them to. And I think aging and being a woman, like that's the biggest aha moment is it's not that simple and your body is biology and, and it's complicated and it's not a simple equation ever. And this idea that we've been in, you know, program with that we can't, we're going to be able to control our response to everything, to food, to pleasure is such a lie, right? It's an absolute lie. And it totally depends on the relationship you have with yourself at the time, I think, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so many times we're fighting ourselves to get to a goal instead of getting into a flow state with ourselves to get there. Mm-hmm. And I've had a lot of clients who I sit down at, with at first and they want to completely overhaul their life and they want to change all of their food choices and they want to stress their body by working out really hard and they're in a completely depleted place. I'm like, oh, so you're just going to force yourself to go do HIIT training right now in this mm-hmm. place of 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 just – like almost like fatigue and, and I always try to pull them back to like, start with something that you can start to feel confident and proud of yourself for. Mm -hmm. So many times that's all it takes. It's like these little habits that we're building Mm -hmm. to create that foundation of your healthy lifestyle, your healthy house. Mm -hmm. And you're not just going to throw up a house overnight. Like it's brick by brick. And those healthy habits can stand the test of time if done right. And they can also build your confidence instead of breaking you down and making you feel like you're a failure because you can't get your food right. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, so it's, we always, we talk about this here. There's an idea about us from people who've never come to the site or or touch the brand that we're sort of counting calories and putting everyone on a diet. (laughs) And, you know, the, the detox is somehow, like you'll never see anything about portion control or it's not about deprivation, right? It's or calories. Like there are no calories on the site. We don't ever talk about it. And I see, I think the opposite. I look at all of your books and everything you put out on the site as being some of my favorite recipes, first and foremost. And I think you do break a lot of stories that are interesting in the wellness world that have nothing to do with weight loss. Totally. And it's, that's not necessarily the goal. Like our whole point is you can be thin and be eating like shit and feel really crappy. Or you might be slightly plumper than you're, what you would imagine you're supposed to be and feel amazing and be fueling yourself in a way that's like where you're glowing and energetic. So the two are 
disconnected as far as we're concerned. Oh, um, they're disconnected when I sit down with clients and look at blood tests. Yeah. I mean, I work with a number of doctors that are goop doctors and people that you've interviewed and work with here a lot that we share clients and it, you'll see it in blood tests. Your size, whether you're two or 22, it's all about how you take care of yourself mm-hmm. because it shows up in your biology, in your, you know, your biochemistry and, and the way that you feel. Yeah. And yet for so many of us, it is, you know, this battle, whether it's to fit into our clothes or to weigh a sort of mythical weight that may or may not be appropriate. But even in the context of those goals, when you think about weight loss, it's, you're going to lose it. You're going to, I've always felt this way. Like if you lose a fast, you can gain a fast. And that so many of these interventions like are, are, as you said, small and it takes a while. It's not going to be immediately reflected in your wardrobe or the scale, but it gets you to a place where you're suddenly like, oh, I kind of just eat differently. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not perfect, but I, I'm not nearly as off the rails as I once was. Yeah. And you know what? The the hard part is that state of off the rails. It's that swinging. It's that, that hard swing from cleanse to binge mm-hmm. to cleanse to binge that makes us feel so out of control. But it's a really delicate dance to get to balance because I think balance people assume balance is sort of perfection. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, well, balance is when I'll work out before my kids get up, fasted, of course, (laughs) and then I'll have my breakfast 30 or 90 minutes later, and it will be composed of these things, and then I will absolutely check off my to-do list of the highest priority things before I meditate, before my lunch meeting, right? and I listen to my favorite podcast or book on tape on the way home so that I'm calm when I walk in the door. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, that's what people assume is perfection, but the thing is, is like, that's not perfection. Like, you are... You, your body is constantly trying to maintain some type of homeostasis, not even like your blood or your heart rate is ever the same. Mm-hmm. Like your body and your day and your hour and your minute is never going to be the same day to day. It's it's about finding finding calm and comfort in those small movements that off the midline, like a pendulum ball. It's like getting your ball tight mm-hmm. where it swings right to left and you can make these little decisions throughout the day that kind of just swing you back lightly towards the middle instead of drastic moves that then cause this pendulum ball to swing all the way to a very drastic place. It's like, you know, Super Bowl Sunday. Mm-hmm. Everyone goes off the rails, quote unquote. And then today everyone's highly stressed about what cleanse diet or plan right. they're going to do. And it's it's in those moments where I'll coach a client to say like, no, tomorrow is in the rear view. Yesterday was in the rear view mirror. Mm-hmm. What, is, what happens today is the only thing you can see is right out your windshield. It's 20 feet. It's 40 feet. Like you're not going to get from LA to New York. You know, you don't, you can't see New York yet. Like mm-hmm. if you're driving your car, all you can see is right in front of you. And like, sometimes you need those headlights, but it's like, what can you do in the here and the now today that isn't drastic? So when you start working with someone, how do you determine sort of what's appropriate because I would imagine sometimes people come to you and you're like, that's not that, that what you want to achieve is not healthy. I mean, yeah. this is Los Angeles, so I'm sure that that happens <laughs> with some regularity. So, how do you sort of help people find, and is it really just that feeling of control or that tightening around the ball where we're not at war with our bodies? Like, how do you help people set goals? And then, what's appropriate in terms of 
And I know it varies from person to person, but like how long does it take to really achieve that sort of change? Well, I mean, there's so much individuality here. You know, it's, it's hard to generalize, but I will say like when I'm sitting down with clients, I'll ask them what like their top three to five goals are for us working together. And then we'll filter priorities on that. And then we will take those goals and create smart goals around that and make sure that they're like really specific and measurable and, you know, time bound and realistic and all of those things. So an example would be, you know, someone might say, I want more energy or I want to lose five pounds or change my gene size or I have chronic, you know, or I have cystic acne or, or depending on the person, there could be any, any goals that they might have, but I'll fil- we'll filter those. And let's say for ease of this conversation that the five pounds floats to the top from there, my, you know, what I want to know is when was the last time you were at that weight? Mm-hmm. Because if someone comes to me with a goal and the last time they were at the weight they're asking to be at was in high school and they're in their 40s or in their 30s, we're going to have to pull it back. Like Mm -hmm. you realistically, we're going to, maybe you can get there, but we're going to have to break that up into manageable goals of five pounds, you know, two pounds, two and a half pounds, five pounds, depending on like what their overall goal is, because they have to have some wins. The problem is when they set a, a goal like that and it's so far from where they are, or it it's really difficult, they can never celebrate those small milestones. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, we're going to run a marathon or, you know, a hundred miler. Well, can we celebrate the fact you ran five miles? Mm-hmm. Because when you start to celebrate, we find that when you start to celebrate those wins, you release dopamine in your brain, which increases the chance that you're going to do that activity over and over and over again. So I am literally with every client trying to find ways that they should feel really proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of why my like smoothie thing took off, I think, is because people started to drink the Fab Four smoothie, feel full for a certain number of hours, make better choices at lunch because they weren't crashing and starving. And and if all the wheels fell off the rest of the day, they still were supposed to celebrate that win of like, oh, well, that's actually really good because my other breakfast was this like Starbucks sandwich or mm-hmm. sugary coffee or nothing. Wait, tell everyone what the Fab Four smoothie is for the uninitiated. Okay. So um, so the Fab Four is the checklist of things that, uh, that I want my clients to find on their plate at every meal or in their smoothie. And it's protein, fat, fiber, and greens or leafy greens. And what this little combination does is it regulates over eight hunger hormones in your body. It helps support blood sugar balance and elongates your blood sugar curve so that you're not feeling hungry for somewhere between four to six hours and you don't have to know the science to do it. And plus, it's the first thing that I've been able to find that is not about what you shouldn't be eating, but what you should and what your body needs to nourish itself right. at every meal. It's this it's this paradigm shift of not what we shouldn't have, but like, well, okay, well, what is your what do your cells and what does your body need at every single meal? You need essential amino acids or protein from food. You need to get essential fatty acids or fat from your food. And then I added the fiber and greens piece because I'm like, hey, we really need fiber for our gut microbiome and we really need phytochemicals or antioxidants to fight all this oxidative stress. So if you're thinking about beauty and longevity, these are great ways to support those processes. And so the smoothie was a quick way to sort of combat what I was seeing at the time when I started the business. My consulting practice in like 2012 was all of these smoothie places 
were just cups of sugar. Mm -hmm. It's like a banana, a date, agave, granola on top, goji berries on the side because they're superfoods. There's nothing in there that was like regulating hunger hormones. I mean, I even think back to when I was drinking like the all fruit Jamba juices. (laughs) Delicious. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Like it's just, these are just, they're so full of sugar and there was no understanding around blood sugar, insulin, or inflammation, and they just thought, oh, it's fruit, so it's good for you. And I'm not here to demonize fruit because that's going to make you feel better and give you the inputs to make all your hormones, all your neurotransmitters, and to rebuild cells in your body. Yeah. And so when you – okay, so adding things in rather than necessarily focusing on stripping things out is a good place to start. Do you like people to track So it's funny because I'm, you know, I have clients who want to journal and sometimes I'll have them take pictures for me if they want to, if they want to be quote unquote held accountable or they just want to make sure they're doing it right. I have really successful type A women that I work with that want accountability and I can appreciate that. And I acknowledge that I do not want measurements. I do not want a calorie counting apps or anything like that. But occasionally it'll be like protein was chicken, it was cooked in olive oil, or I had avocado on the side and some cucumber over a bed of leafy greens, you know? And it's like they're checking those little boxes for themselves. And if that's a way that they feel proud proud of what they're putting on their plate, by all means, I'm all for it. I just need them to celebrate that even if a glass of wine happened at dinner. Right. Speaking of calorie calorie counting and tracking, because like I've tracked in the past in part because, as you know, because I'm always lamenting to you, (laughs) (laughs) I'm still 10 to 15 pounds over what I was before I had my second child. And I feel like I don't eat that much. And so I've tracked in the past because I'm like, I don't, maybe I'm delusional, but does that happen where people are undernourishing themselves and that's blocking I don't know. I'm an enigma to myself. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are a number of things that can prevent weight loss and uh, deficiencies are one. Like if you think about mitochondria and the way mitochondria burn sugar and, or fatty acids, like right, glucose byproducts of fatty acids, like ketones, B vitamins really support that little engine to run well. I call B vitamins like the oil for that little engine and you know whatever you're burning is the gas. So that's why a lot of like weight loss programs use B shot or like you know B12 shots or B complex that supports that process. But I think it has also a lot to do with hormone levels mm-hmm. and it has a lot to do with emotional weight, you know, if there's a lot of stress or if there was a trauma or anything like that, we've seen that that can really prevent weight loss and it's if I'm feeling like I'm working with a client for a little while and we aren't seeing the results we want to see and we've seen a functional MD and we've done the whole lab rat experiment, the next step really is those practitioners like meditation, mm-hmm. body working, yeah. breath work. It's so funny you say that because I was talking to Jill Blakeway who has Unova and her book she was on the podcast as well. And I went to see her. She was in LA doing acupuncture. And we were just talking about it in general. And she was saying how for so many women, it's unfair weight, but exactly that. She was like, it's energetic. She's like, you don't, you, you don't have great boundaries. And then there's a lot of attention or, or energy that comes at me at this point in my life. And she's like, and so it's your body is, it's like creating extra 
it's creating an extra barrier for you, which is interesting. I mean, it's like a totally different concept, but it's just funny to hear you say Cause that. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm more of the science person and it sounds more woo. You're the yeah. I would have said six years ago it's completely out of my ballpark and there's no way, but I've just seen it happen with people who've like – like I have in my head, I can think of like five people. I lost a. Cli- I have a client who lost a best friend. I had a client who had like multiple miscarriages. You know, and people would say, "Oh, it's the hormones. Oh, it's because that person wasn't sleeping." And all of those things may be true, but like when they actually got to the root of the problem emotionally, all the weight goes away. Mm-hmm. So don't discredit that and be open to that if you've gone through those, you know, what we would maybe call the first lines of defense against something like that. And I think too, for people who are incredibly empathic or energetic, like you look at a lot of intuitive psychic mediums, many of them tend to be heavier. And I think it's because they're running so much energy and they're sponges for other people's emotions and feelings. And so... It's not, Jill's not the first person who sort of mentioned that to me, but it's really, I think, fascinating when you think about how your physical body can expand to meet you where you are emotionally. Yeah. We'll get back to Kelly Levesque in just a second. You've probably heard me mention that curiosity is my favorite state of being. I try to carry that attitude with me every day, and it's certainly easier to do it at a place like Goop that places such a premium value on being curious and feeling empowered to explore and ask questions. Banana Republic is another company that values curiosity. Their founding story starts with a California couple who were looking for an adventure. Fun fact, Banana Republic began as a safari-inspired clothing company, and today the inspiration for their clothing is designed for a life in motion, or as they put it, living a life of possibilities with no boundaries. This can be seen in Banana Republic's latest spring collection, a modern, versatile take on workwear. To see our favorites from the collection, head to bananarepublic.com goop. By now, you've probably heard me talk about or with Will Cole. He's a functional medicine practitioner, author of Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum, and the co-host of the Goop Fellows podcast series. Not to mention, he's become a dear, dear friend. I'm excited to share that Will has launched a brand new functional medicine online group class. The class is his solution to continue making functional medicine more accessible and more affordable. The class is designed as a starting point for those who may be curious about or new to functional medicine. It will allow you to learn more about your health from a functional medicine perspective, equipping you with the knowledge and tools to improve your health. The class goes something like this. You'll complete comprehensive lab work prior to the session and Will spends time reviewing and explaining the optimal ranges for each and every test marker and what that means for your health. You'll also have a chance to privately ask him and his team questions and have them answered in real time. You'll get the full breakdown of your lab test so you can refer to it anytime after the class. 
You'll also receive a customized action plan based on your results and personalized lifestyle recommendations, including foods and supplements to focus on and which ones to avoid. Will's goal is to help you feel empowered and educated about your health and well-being. To learn more about the class and to register, head to drwillcole.com. Back to my chat with Kelly Levesque. So for the things that we, we, can, we can know and quantify, so when you set out with a client, it's fab four, try to hit those four at every meal, understand that there are going to be moments when you need two glasses of wine at dinner with your friends. Mm-hmm. Are there also, and imagine when you're doing excavations, that there are things that we do that are just like, I know for me, it's my oat milk lattes, right? Yeah. But are there things where you're like, that's just, we think that it's okay, but it could be enough to tip us? To cause a problem? Yeah. Yeah. I'm always challenging my clients to release the things that they feel like they need. Mm. Interesting. Because you really don't need the oat milk latte, and it's a ritual, and it makes you happy But have you ever put that on its head and thought, like, I could be happy without it? I mean, I'm a complete creature of this as well. Like, there are so many times in my life where I just get on a roll with something. We're human. Mm -hmm. We're creatures of habit. We do that. And it's funny that you bring up the oat milk latte because just this morning I walked into Cafe Lux and I was like, I'll have an Americano. And I was, I think around Thanksgiving, I got back on my almond milk latte kick And that's the thing is where people, where my clients might be surprised. It's like, I know they're using barista blend almond milk. It was making me real happy at the time. It was making me real happy, you know? And then I just get to a point and I'm like, WTF, Kelly, what are you doing? Like, you know better. You know that this is like got sugar in it. It's not great for you. And that's where I'm human, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where I think I really relate to my clients and... I had a completely normal upbringing here in California where everything that I ate was from Costco, you know, some type of frozen food. (laughs) I don't know, you know, and like iceberg salads with whatever. Blue cheese dressing. It was either blue cheese or like that Italian packet that my mom put into like the dressing, the glass dressing container with I'm sure like some form of canola oil and regular vinegar. And it's, the thing is, is like, my mom was doing a good job back then, you know, and and like I said, no better, do better. And so that's the thing is it's like you just have to decide one one day it's I don't need it. And like, why am I why am I doing this? And, and can I love an Americano as much as I love an almond milk latte? And absolutely. Like I was halfway through the cup and I'm like, God, this is not that big of a deal. What was my attachment to it? And so these are the kind of things, it's funny that I can sit with a client and be like, what's the attachment? Yeah. You know? And I won't take everything away because that's not how I work. It's, it's It's just finding those things that sort of I can tell are, we're just holding on to that because it's making us happy in the moment, but can something else make us happier? And we just do that with little things, not all at one time where it feels overwhelming. It's just when you start to get the confidence around something else. Like me deciding to drop the almond milk latte is coming off the heels of feeling good about my book tour. Right. And it's amazing what momentum can create for you in your life. And so 
I like to give my clients a little momentum. I like to see them got, start to get positive about something, start to feel good about themselves, and then be like, I don't need it. Totally. I love the idea of emotional crutches because that's sort of what an almond milk latte is for me. And my like mm. Rob and I talk all the time because we we use pods, which are terrible for the environment. I'm like, we just need to go back to like grinding beans, and um, so we need to we need to deal. Yeah. But and I have little boys who are you know tiny. I don't my my six year old eats more than I do, and he weighs forty pounds. It's so weird. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know where it goes. That's the same with Sebastian. He's like literally eating as much as Chris and I, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a high chair. How is this possible? And it's cr- it's crazy. Like I don't under- – my son eats dinner, then he eats dinner with us, then he eats <laughs> two bowls of ice cream. He's already had ice cream. He We have to go to farm shop almost every morning for a gigantic cinnamon roll for his snack. <laughs> but I do think and – I, and I credit my mom. And similarly, my mom's an amazing cook and made us very exotic foods for Missoula, Montana. But I certainly ate a lot of Kraft macaroni and cheese and – stuff like that, McDonald's mm. and whatever I could get my mitts on. But she didn't, even though my parents are very weight obsessed, like my dad's a doctor, has always been weight obsessed. They somehow didn't transfer that to me. And it wasn't really, I went to boarding school and I got to boarding school and I was slamming for breakfast. I would have two bagels with cinnamon sugar on them. And I didn't realize that that was not normal. But bagels were quote unquote healthy yeah, when this, we were growing up. That's true. It was the time of snack wells and frozen yogurt. Yeah. So they didn't have fat in them. Yeah. <laughs> but that was the first time in high school that I touched d- eating disorders and How's became like very quickly conscious. So it's like, I think about all the women that you're helping and sort of our bigger mission at Goop. It's like, how do we all like... How do we redo this so that our kids grow up not watching us battle, you know? Like, how do we get them to a place where they have peace instead of sort of this watching their parents fight? Yeah. It's really really heavy. And, I mean, we have boys. Right. So – but I see these young girls growing up, and I don't want – I mean, I watched my mom – and her friends do things like Fenfen and mm-hmm. like all these crazy. We had those Olean, I think it was like Olean chips or something. It's just these crazy things where they're on a yo yo diet and then they're completely blowing it. And we don't want that. We want to create, we want to find the positive on our plate. We want to teach our kids the benefits of the food they're eating while at the same time not telling them that something that they're eating is toxic. Mm hmm. Because I think that's the hard part is when it goes from guilt to shame. Right. It's like I don't I'm not only feeling guilty about this food choice, I'm feeling like I am a horrible person because of this food choice. And that is completely distracting from what we really need to be doing out in this world, which is good. Right. We're just solely focused on ourselves and spiraling. So I would say that's sort of the point of the Fab Four. And I have had a client, you know, the Fab Four, protein, fat, fiber, and greens, the smoothie. You just throw those four things in. I had a client tell me, I feel really bad because I just, I've tried the spinach in my smoothie or kale or whatever, and I just can't do it. I'm like, okay, don't. And it was like, I gave her permission. I'm like, this is not a smoothie diet. This is not the four things diet. It's just like, hey, if you eat these things, chances are you'll feel full for longer getting your body what it needs, 
And if you don't like spinach in your smoothie, try adding a side salad at lunch. I'm just looking for you to eat some vegetables. Right. And that's that's what I'm going to do with my kids too is, you know, I only have one child now, but hopefully, God willing, multiple more is is just to – is is really just to find the positive because we really need to create that. And that's what I tell my um, clients who are moms with children too is praise those choices and tell them why. Like, I love that you're eating carrots. It's great for eyesight. I love that you're having those leafy greens because it's good for your, your digestion, your gut microbiome, you know, get nerdy and tell them there's a sugar in the spinach that's feeding their probiotic bacteria, you know, whatever it is, it's like, we're all looking for reasons to celebrate, feel proud of ourselves, feel like we're doing good, and we need those reasons on our plate. Yeah. And I guess the more good reasons you have on your plate, the more it crowds out, the less It's good. all about crowding out. It's all about crowding out. And that's why I will tell people, just try your best to find the Fab Four somewhere. Because I think about these places like, go out to an Italian restaurant, and it's like, there's pizzas and pastas and whatever. And people are like, I am so, I have so much stress. I'm, I got invited to John and Vinny's. I'm like, first of all, that's a really awesome restaurant. I love John and Vinny. And you shouldn't be thinking about, you should be thinking about enjoying that conversation and celebrating. And I mean, we're alive. Like, right. that is amazing. Can you add an arugula salad? Can you get the broccoli for the table? Let's not worry about the piece of pizza that you might eat. And instead, let's celebrate that you are adding greens and fiber to your plate or you're getting the olives to start. Or, you know, how else can you crowd out the things that you might not want to be the majority of your diet? What do you think about portion control? Is it because I've certainly found like I can stretch my stomach. That's for sure. Oh, I can eat like I did back when I played (laughs) soccer in high school if I want to. Yeah. Is there like, do you advise people on that or is it really just try and eat the good stuff first and then a little bit of the bad stuff and portion control and intuitive eating is really hard for me because it totally depends on what you're eating. Right. If you are eating highly processed you know, foods that are super palatable, you are going to eat until it's done. Like if someone gave me, like John and Vinny's, for example, if someone gave me this, you know, an amazing John and Vinny's pizza, I'm going to eat it until the box is done if allowed, (laughs) you know, whereas like I'm given a big filet of salmon and there's broccoli and veggies and I'm going to stop. You just, you stop with whole foods in a way where that you don't with highly processed or what I would call acellular carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. These are carbohydrates that are made from flours. So they become a sugary slurry in your stomach. They spike your blood sugar faster. They overfeed yeast and candida faster. They, they really can create inflammation that then dysregulates um, the feedback loop that you're full. Right. So... That's the same way I feel about intuitive eating. People are like, if you feel like a brownie, have a brownie. And I'm, I'm all for that. But you need to also use your, use like your thinking brain that says, oh, well, this brownie is going to spike my blood sugar and crash. And in about 90 minutes, I'm going to start to think about other sugary carbohydrates. And in about three hours, I'm going to want to kill someone and or reach for another brownie. Right. I mean, I find like anything like that is so habit-forming and addictive for me. It's a trigger. And, yeah. And if I don't, it's funny. Like if I can get into the habit, I've done this in a while just because I'm not in the habit of like ice cream every night and I just, I crave it. But when I don't have it, I don't think about it at all. 
I mean, we can form habits so quickly around yeah. uh, foods or alcohol or things that are triggers for us. And that's another thing too, is I have clients who feel really bad about their food choices. And I sort of laugh because I'm like, let me just bring this down for you a little bit. We are animals and sugar is addictive. Highly processed carbohydrates are addictive. Like if you if you were an alcoholic, I would not tell you to go to a bar to have a soda water. Right. Like why the same thing goes for bringing that stuff into your house and then trying to tell yourself, oh, I'll just have a bite on Sundays. It's like if you if that's a trigger food for you, you're probably not going to do that. And why would you test yourself like that over and over and over again? Like it is a beautiful thing to have an ice cream, get a single serving when you feel like celebrating, right. but or when you feel like having that bite of sweet. But but why force yourself to white knuckle it and to try and prove to yourself that you can do it? Yeah, it is challenging. My heart goes out to other mothers who live with all boys because the stuff that is in our house that I try, I, I struggle to deprive. They're so little, and my husband is eats like a beast, even though we almost weigh the same according to our digital scale. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard because that stuff's in my house. But yeah, but I hear you. It's- I mean, it's sort of a fine line too, because if we were, you know, we're on a podcast, but if we were sitting down and we were just sort of talking about your life with your kids, I might ask you why you feel like you need to have that stuff around for your kids. And you almost said it. You didn't want to deprive them. I don't want to deprive them. And my husband is like a – if he's allowed to go to the store, it's – Then it just comes home. It comes home. It's a, it's like Pop-Tarts. I mean, it's everything that you can oh imagine. God. Yeah, no, and I – I can't. He brought home Doritos the other night. <laughs> like, literally, my kids' faces were caked in orange. I mean, I that's I know pretty cute. It is cute. So, but so I don't I don't like Doritos. So that's good. Yeah, I think I think it it again. This is one of those things where it's like okay, that could make someone spiral and think that they needed to clean out their entire cabinet and mm-hmm. bring in only healthy foods. And this is where I would say, like, how are you bringing how are you bringing the healthful things onto the plate for them to rebalance? Oh yeah, and we're I'm good at that, but it's just I can't I, I and can't. it it sort of goes against my moderate views about all of this, which is like I try to do the best that I can, it's but the I'm best never, thing you can do. I know, but I'm never going to be able to like protect them from Pizza Hut, nor do I want to instill fear in them about, you know, I want them to go to birthday parties and eat whatever everyone else eats. And that's really important because there are children that I've worked with from a product of the opposite of that, Mm -hmm. which is a very restrictive, only healthful things in the house. And it can tend to create this idea that all of that stuff is, is, I mean, it just... Desirable and dangerous. Desirable and dangerous. And so those children end up binging on those things, hiding them, and that's not helpful either. No, I grew up with a kid whose mom was convinced that he was allergic to sugar and that he needed to be deprived of all. And and she might have been onto something. However, he would just gorge himself at school every day, like anything he could find. And I just remember watching and being like, this is wild. You know, like this is. A pretty dramatic. I mean, I was a little kid, but to me, it was remarkable. And I think that it's exactly what happens when you try to caution your kids against anything. You know, at Absolutely. the end of the day, they're going to have to be able to moderate themselves. Yeah, I think the conversation is 
you know, if they have too many sweets and then you see them crashing, you explain. Yeah. Sugar makes us really excited, makes us really happy for a few minutes, and then it can make us feel a little icky. Yeah. But sugar will actually make my old, too much sugar makes him puke. So there you go. Oh my God. <laughs> so he knows. Yes. There you go. And now he is an example and everyone in the family can see this is what happens when you have sugar. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Poor guy. Oh, the number of times, Kelly, that I've been vomited on is astronomical. My husband somehow has like an eye for it and he's it's like, happened to him like three times. It has probably happened to me it's like he's gonna 50 to 60 times. <laughs> like last night happened again. Oh, so I, as you know, lo I love your philosophy. I think it's like anything that can create peace. And do you find with your clients too that something happens, like they settle into it and then suddenly it's just not even a conscious choice anymore? Yes. And that's a really, that's a really beautiful thing for me. And to kind of bring it back to the eating disorder thing we were talking about for a second, I've had so many people with prior eating disorders and I was never trying to work in the ED field, but come out of the woodwork and tell me that they haven't purged in four years or, mm. you know, they, they are, are feeling really positive after meals and orthorexic tendencies are gone. And that's really powerful for mm. me because it really just, we're just shifting the paradigm. Like I really just want people to relax around food and enjoy food and try their best. Not what, be the best. <laughs> in terms of, I know we've touched on like components of orthorexia, but for, for exercise, what do you tend to, are, are we all overdoing it? Maybe here in Los Angeles. Yeah. But I would say the clients that I work with elsewhere, unless you're in, they're in New York, for the most part, have a pretty healthy relationship with working out or they're not working out enough. What do you like people to do? I like them to move their body for 30 minutes a day if they can. And if you can't get in 30 minutes a day, then every other day for an hour is really good. Being sore is important. And is it important? So you want them to be doing something really strenuous? If they're working out every other day, I like to, them to feel the residual effects of that workout. Mm -hmm. We just know from research that it's about 48 hours when our muscles start to deteriorate or when you know the benefits of activity start to go away. And so I like to retain muscle mass, especially as people are getting older because sex hormones are depleting and our ability to maintain our muscle mass goes down. And so working out really supports keeping that lean muscle tissue, that metabolic tissue on our body. And we also know from research now, all of Kelly McGonigal's work out of Stanford, it's just fascinating about myokines, like the fact that your, that your muscles are almost endocrine-like and they're releasing these chemicals that completely combat depression, anxiety, and stress. And, you know, we're all looking for other ways to do that chemically. It's like, just go move your body. Yeah. Just go be outside. Like, yeah. that's really what we need to do. And I think it just makes us all better people. Like, I know personally, if I've done a yoga class, I, I'm not, I mean, post-baby especially, like, I'm not in it to be the best person in, my, in the studio. Yeah. Like, I'm in it to look at someone next to me and sort of smile and be like, we're doing it. I know. This is so great. I got here. <laughs> I do. Um, I call it geriatric yoga. I go with Lauren Roxborough. You need to come. We, every Sunday, we're like, where are you? Yeah. But it is not. It is of all ages, and it's very somatic. And it's like sometimes I cry. I mean, it's very, 
for me, exercise is like a, the major processing tool and moment of catharsis. Like I always feel that way. And Tracy Anderson dance classes, like I'm like, I don't know, it's all in my hips. So like the more I flex my hips, yeah. I sometimes I move to tears, but it feel I don't know what's happening, but it feels really important. Well, you're keeping all of that in your body, all of that stress, all of that anxiety, everything that you need to process. We can just start to store it there and think about that. You ju- we just talked about earlier that you have, you and know, all my energetic weight. You're maybe a little energetic weight, and if you're crying while you're moving, that's telling us something. Mm-hmm. And I feel that I mean I've I've gone through that. I remember one of like before my husband, one of the hardest breakups that I ever went through that I remember in Shavasana post, post class, just like tears streaming down my face. And that was way better work than with my therapist. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It just depends on the type of person you are. Maybe some people do a better job talking it out, but I definitely am like the kind of person that's like pushing through things, glass half full, let's do this, not knowing that it's storing in my body. Yeah. And when you think about, was talking to, do you know Jeffrey Becker who's a psychiatrist? Mm -hmm. All right. So I was talking to Becker and he was saying how, you know, words are symbols and sometimes they allow us to express what's happening, but that they're just symbols. And when you think about that, like I'm a, I like to be in my mind and talk things through, of course, but there are certain things that just aren't expressible. It's just going to come out as emotion and you can't necessarily attach it to words, but it doesn't make it less important. No. And it doesn't mean you have to process it verbally in order to move it. I would much rather process it physically. I think sometimes it's hard for me to process things verbally and I definitely get the most out on my mat. Let's talk about the greatest gift that you've ever given me. (laughs) Which one? (laughs) Let's talk about mag seven pills. Okay. (laughs) How important is it for us all to be going to the bathroom. And do you, is that still your first choice? I know there's different types of magnesium, but mag, mag seven pills, when I travel, yeah, completely saved my life. I relate highly to the Amy Schumer Oprah moment and she hadn't gone to the bathroom in like 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not going to make anyone feel good. And more than 40% of us are deficient in magnesium. So I'm looking for a magnesium that not only is going to support peristalsis, but to help increase your stores. And yeah, I mean, that that one has worked well for me in the past, but I have clients who use Now Foods or Thorn or other brands as well. And it's and it's fine. It's just finding what, what and, works for them. And it's which magnesium is it? Because there's one that makes you sleep and then there's one that makes you poop. Yeah, glycinate. Glycinate. Yeah. Okay. So magnesium glycinate. Mm-hmm. And so I like it because you just take it at night and, yeah. and you get all the benefits. <laughs> you get all the benefits. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kelly Levesque. For more on Kelly, head to goop.com slash the podcast or kellylevesque.com. That's L-E-V-E-Q-U-E. And make sure to grab a copy of her new book, Body Love Every Day, available now. That's it for today's episode. If you have a chance, please rate and review. Hit subscribe to keep up with new episodes and pass it along to a friend. Thanks again for joining. I hope you'll come back this Thursday for more. And in the meantime, you can check out goop.com slash the podcast.